Hey folks, it's been a while, right? <laughs> yeah, it kind of actually has. Um, last episode of Nobody Asked You Kevin was about a couple of months ago, actually. And I'm sorry to say it, but life got in the way. Work sucks, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, school has started for the kid now. Football is starting up. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts with COVID. Uh, but now I am back with episode 48 of Nobody Asked You Kevin today. Hope you are staying safe out there. Um, Like I said, COVID is still out there. It hasn't gone away. It's still out there. Please wear your masks. Please socially distance yourself. Uh, Do it out of respect for others. Uh, Don't be an asshole is what I always like to say. Life isn't always about you. But that's not why we're really here today. Like I said, I am back with a new episode. Episode 48. So, let's get this straight. I hope you're doing fine. I hope you're safe. And I hope you're well. So I'd like to uh, start out today, uh, today's return episode, with a couple of things that I've recently watched. So I watched Doom Patrol Season 1. And yes, I know I am really late to the game here, as Season 1 aired over a year ago. But I'll get back to that in a second. Uh, Doom Patrol, if you don't know, is a DC Comics superhero team created by Arnold Drake and Bob Haney. And it at first appeared in 63, I believe. Uh, The central theme of the group is that they're essentially a group of misfits whose superpowers have kind of caused a lot of trauma to themselves and others, uh, alienation within themselves. Uh, The originally constructed team consisted of the Chief, Robot Man, Elastigirl, Negative Man, Beast Boy, and Minto. But over the years, there have been many different runs of Doom Patrol. Uh, Probably most famously, uh, Grant Morrison's run of Doom Patrol, but even Gerard Way Yes, that Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance and The Umbrella Academy, by the way, have helmed writing responsibilities over time. So, like I said, this is a graphic novel, comic book. In 2019, it was spun off into a live-action series for the DC Universe streaming service. And because I never subscribed to the DC Universe streaming service, I never watched it. And then... Luckily to me, Doom Patrol was uh, moved over to the new HBO Max service because the DC Universe app and streaming service is going away. There's a lot of turmoil at DC right now, uh, but that is one of the things that's happening is the DC Universe app is going away and most of the shows, if not all of them, will be migrating to HBO Max eventually. And Doom Patrol was essentially one of the first ones. 
Uh, so I decided I heard a lot about a lot of good things about Doom Patrol from people out there that have watched it that know the series. So I said, okay, I'm going to watch season one. So let's talk about it for a minute. I'm going to sound the spoiler alarm right now, even though I really don't want to spoil a lot of the series for you, because it really, honestly, must be watched. The television series was developed by Jeremy Carver, who is best known probably for Supernatural and the sci-fi series Being Human. Stars Timothy Dalton as the Chief, Niles Calder, Brendan Fraser as Cliff, Cliff Steele, Robot Man, Matt Bomer as Larry Trainer or Negative Man, April Bowlby as Rita Farr or Elastigirl, Diane Guerrero as Jane, Joyvon Wade as Victor Stone or Cyborg, and Alan Tudyk as Mr. Nobody, the, the main villain. What did I learn about Doom Patrol? Because I had no prior experience with Doom Patrol previous to this television series. So what did I learn about Doom Patrol through binging that first season over the course of a couple of days? Um, Doom Patrol is sarcastic. It's nihilistic. And honestly, it's like no other comic book movie or TV show I've ever watched. It's weird. It's absurd. And honestly, I don't think there's any other better way to describe it as Doom Patrol is fucked up. The humor is quirky. It's out of left field most of the time. Uh, Doom Patrol season one, it, 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 it's a masterclass in acting and absurdity. I mean, there are mild spoils, spoilers here. I already did uh, uh, sound the spoiler alarm. But the show features a fourth wall breaking, self aware, made of villain in Mr. Nobody. You have a farting donkey, a magical blue colored oracle, unicorn, demon horse, a giant rat named Admiral Whiskers. Come on now. A monster kaiju roach named Ezekiel, a villain who flies around in a butt shaped hot air balloon to the soundtrack of Perry Como. Still with me? A genderqueer teleporting street named Danny? A villain who eats people's facial hair as a means of GPS locating his targets. Yes, you heard me right. He eats people's facial hair. God, this series is so good. And even Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, which I <laughs> I can't say it enough. This series is so quirky out there. I, I just, I, it, it's quirky. It's absurd. It's sarcastic. It's all of those. But ultimately, and I think most importantly, it has a lot, a lot of heart and humanity to it. And that's what really separates it out from a lot of the other comic book series that I've seen is while it is sarcastic and nihilistic. It really has a lot of heart, and it really has a lot of humanity. There is a lot of emotion in Doom Patrol Season 1, and it, and that emotion actually makes you care about the characters themselves. There, there's really something special about the cast and the chemistry they all have. I mean, it just, 
it just works together. And I, I've been told that Grant Morrison is responsible for most of the zaniness that is Doom Patrol because, number one, again, I do not have really any prior experience with Doom Patrol. But all I know is after watching season one, I really want to check out his run of the comic series. I cannot wait to get a hold of it and read it. Robot Man, voiced by Brendan Fraser, is the heart of the show in my opinion. And it's quite ironic because Robot Man has no heart. But Brendan Fraser is something special in this role. Let me say that again. He is something special in this role as Robot Man. I'm not exaggerating when I say that um, Fraser says fuck about 10 to 15 times per episode. And it's glorious. It really is. And what I think really captures it for me is I'm very happy seeing Fraser back in the spotlight after many years out of the spotlight and knowing what he kind of went through in his personal life. I mean, if you don't know a lot about his background, um, he was sexually assaulted, he went through a divorce, his mother died, and he has battled depression for years. So it's really good to see him in this sort of a role and being the center of the show and the, the show's heart. And Brendan Fraser revels in this role, in my opinion. And honestly, though, it, it also, it might just be the rock music guy in me speaking right now. But if you do watch the series, but pay attention to the shirts Robot Man wears. Off the top of my head, I remember shirts of Motorhead, Black Flag, The Clash, Dead Kennedys, Bad Brains, The Germs. I mean, this Robot Man is wearing all these classic shirts. And while we're talking about rock music for a second, the soundtrack to Doom Patrol Season 1, the the music that appears in the show, is really off the charts as well. You'll hear bands like The Sweet, Billy Idol, David Bowie, Bikini Kill, Dead Kennedys I've already mentioned, T-Rex, Frank fucking Stallone, Ace of Bass, Chumbawamba, and one of my favorites, Iggy and the Stooges. This is kind of a long way to say, watch season one, people. If you haven't seen Doom Patrol season one, get on it now. You can watch it on HBO Max, and I don't think you can watch it on DC Universe anymore as that app is shutting down, but watch it on HBO Max. Season two is currently airing on HBO Max right this second. I believe they're up to about episode 9 or 10 right now of season 2. They're already loaded on the streaming service, and I cannot wait to get started on it. In conclusion, um, if you want an escape from a world of real craziness, because honestly, we are in a crazy world right now, a world full of real hate, full of real virus pandemics, Go watch Doom Patrol, revel in its insanity, escape for a little bit, because this show is insane, it is absurd. I highly, highly recommend you watch this. I give Doom Patrol Season 1 the highest rating that I can give here on Nobody Asked You Kevin, so it gets a Nobody Asked You Kevin rating of the shit. Uh, It's quite honestly the best superhero show I've ever watched. 
I also recently watched a uh, documentary film on David Foster, and it was called David Foster Off the Record. And the doc premiered, um, I believe it was 2019, at the Toronto International Film, Fel- film Festival, which is TIFF. Uh, the film is directed by Barry Average, and it, of course, features many artists, as one would expect when talking about David Foster's music career. Um, artists such as Barbara Streisand, Lionel Richie, Michael Buble, Quincy Jones, Clive Davis, Josh Groban, Peter Cetera, Diane Warren, and Celine Dion, of course, all make appearances in this documentary. David Foster's kids also make many appearances in interviews. And, and honestly, it, it really is a nice look at Foster's life and music. And it does address some of the things he is most notorious for. And those things are like the non-stop working. The divorces he has went through because he has had five divorces in his life. Love him or hate him. You cannot deny that David Foster is a legend in the music business. He started off um, in the backing band for Chuck Berry, Ronnie Hawkins, and Bo Diddley in the late 60s. He collaborated over the years with so many people. Uh, Christina Aguilera, Mary J. Blige, Tony Braxton, Mariah Carey, Natalie Cole, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, Shaka Khan, Jennifer Lopez, Madonna, Olivia Newton-John, Barbara Streisand I already mentioned, Donna Summer, come on now, Michael Buble, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Peter Cetera in Chicago, Alice Cooper, Kenny G, Josh Groban, Michael Jackson, Kenny fucking Loggins, Air Supply, Kenny Rogers, and Rod Stewart are among the few people that he has actually collaborated with over his career. And he's known for composing, producing, arranging, performing on, or programming any of the following songs. So let's give them a quick listen in this mix.
anyways, the guy is a fucking legend in the music and writing and producing world. And I really like this documentary. Um, I would honestly give it a Nobody Asked You Kevin rating of good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, if you do know Foster's background, the movie is not going to give you much more than what you probably already know. Uh, it even covers his accident in 1992 when he struck um, actor Ben Vereen with his car on the Pacific Coast Highway. It goes into that a little bit and what happened after the, the kind of the after effects of that. But overall, the film is very well done. The interviews are pretty entertaining and candid. I do recommend you give this a watch if you can find it. It is called David Foster Off the Record. The numbers all go to 11. So it's a new episode, and I've got three new great music recommendations for you this week. Swedish heavy metal band Avatar has released a full new album, and they, over time, over the last few months, they've released a couple of some singles from that album. Uh, the newest single is called Colossus, which has Corey Taylor of Slipknot on backup vocals. Now, a lot of people don't like Corey Taylor. A lot of people do like him. I I like the guy pretty good. He just seems to be everywhere these days. If you don't know Avatar, they are kind of described as a melodic death metal or even groove metal, if you want to get into that genre. And I quite enjoyed these guys over the last several years. Um, if you do, after we listen to this song for a bit, um, if you do like it, go check out the album that they just released and go check out some of Avatar's earlier stuff. And I'm especially fond of uh, the song uh, that's called The Eagle Has Landed from 2016. So let's give Colossus a little bit of a listen here. Have you heard of Striper? And I'm sure you have. They are an American Christian heavy metal band who has existed since the early 80s. So they have been around for 30, 40 years. I personally am not a fan of Christian rock or metal bands or Christianity myself for that matter. But I've always appreciated these guys and their musicianship. Um, especially the vocals of Michael Sweet in the guitar work of Oz Fox, as well as Michael Sweet in the band. Um, Striper uh, is working on a new album. Uh, they released a song a while ago called Blood From Above. And if there ever was a Striper song that says, we are Christians, this is the one. And it bangs at home just like a hammer to a nail. So let's just listen to a bit of the song. Let's listen to Michael Sweet's voice. And then that sweet, sweet guitar solo that gets played in the song. 
Finally, British metalcore band Bring Me the Horizon released Parasite Eve at the end of June. So it's been a little bit of time because this is August. But Bring Me Bring Me the Horizon has been one of my favorite bands of the last couple years. Um, I saw them play live a, a year and a half ago, pre-COVID. Uh, this, the song is the first single off an upcoming series of EPs that they are releasing named Post Human. And if you're a fan of video games, then you're probably thinking there was an old video game named Parasite Eve. And that's very true. And this song is partly inspired by it, as well as inspired by the current COVID-19 pandemic. There's a question posed in the song. If you survive the infection, will you remember the lesson? Not going to get too political here, but Ollie Sykes the um, vocalist of Bring Me the Horizon, has said it's directed towards folks like Donald Trump and Brazil's Jair Bolsonaro, who have kind of rejected and ignored the gravity of the virus, the importance, the, the how serious the virus pandemic really is. So, again, not being too political here, but it's a great song. Let's listen to a little bit of Parasite Eve. I heard they need better signal Put chipping pins in the needles Quarantine all of those secrets in that black hole you call a brain before it's too late Really we just wanna scream something Only pretend to believe something I know you're baying for blood I wanna turn you around this is a war. It's a parasite. Gotta feel it in your stomach because you know that it's coming for you. And your flowers are green. Don't forget what they told you. When we forget the infection, will we remember the lesson? There you have it. Three new music recommendations for you. Go check them out. Go check out Striper. Go check out Avatar. Go check out Bring Me to the Horizon. You can find all of their music on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Wherever you find music, you're going to find these three bands. They are pretty popular still, I mean, especially in Striper's instance to this day. They've been doing it for 30, 35, 40 years. So go check out their music you will not be disappointed. 
And with that, it's time for Somebody Had to Ask. I'll just warn you right now. This edition of Somebody Had to Ask was recorded a little over two to three months ago. I've been, like I said before, I've been behind the curve now. It's been a couple of months since my last episode. Um, and I'm sorry for that, but shit got in the way. Sorry. Um, but again, just remember that if, if you hear anything in this episode, referencing any time points or any activities or events, just remember it was two to three months ago that that was recorded. So anyways, I hope you enjoy this conversation and it's time for somebody had to ask. Welcome back to another edition of Somebody Had to Ask. Uh, today, I'm sitting down with Janine Dolling or Daling. I'm sorry, I can't can't talk tonight. I guess. Um, uh, so, welcome. How you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good tonight. How are you? I am not too shabby. I I know you're out. What New Jersey? I am. I'm out in New Jersey now. Yeah. So how how are you surviving this uh, virus pandemic quarantine social distancing thing we got going on? Well, <laughs> I went a little stir crazy at first because um, uh, this is my fourth week working from home, and uh, got a little tired of looking at the same four walls. And uh, it was pretty chilly and uh, kind of rainy up here in the Northeast, so couldn't really go for a walk too often. Um, but thankfully. My my fiance's mom lives about three doors down, so she started coming over to the porch and just uh, kind of texting me and being like, I think it's time for a break, and I'd go and sit outside with her, and that has very much helped the mental health. Yeah, that, that's nice that you could do that. That's that's really cool. So so I, I wanted I wanted you to take a few minutes and. Tell us about who you are, what makes you you, your fandoms, what you like pop culture-wise, what makes you tick. Um, yeah, so go ahead. Well, I joke that I basically live on coffee and sarcasm. Um, <laughs> so I just drink coffee until I'm a jittery <laughs> unicorn, and that's how I survive each day. Um, <laughs> but uh, I grew up in a big family. There was uh, There's four girls and then my parents, so there were six of us. And we lived in the same house as our grandparents. So we had um, we had like the whole big family experience, um, which was awesome. You know, I my grandparents passed away in 2007. And, you know, I'm, I miss them a lot. But, you know, I have a lot of really good memories with them, too. Um, and at the time, I was living in Queens, New York, where I grew up. And um, my father, at a very young age, introduced us to all things nerdy. Uh, so Star Trek and Star Wars, and I have to say, contrary to Rebecca, Star Wars is my main fandom. So we fight a lot about that. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like she's got the uh, the Star Trek uniforms and I have the lightsabers on display. And, nice. You know, but we still come together because we're family. Exactly. Um um, so pretty much all things sci-fi and fantasy, um, uh, Firefly probably is like my second main fandom. I've cosplayed as at least, of at least two characters from that on a couple of occasions. And, um, Lord of the Rings is the third favorite. 
Um, so just a lot of fantasy, a lot of magic, a lot of um, space westerns is pretty much what makes me tick. Nice. Uh, who who did you cosplay from uh, uh, Firefly? Uh, I've done Kaylee and Jane. Ah, okay. I I, I I've watched it all. Um, I liked it. I, I kind of wish it got that second season. I mean, I as as I think everybody else does. But <laughs> I mean, it's it, the movie, so yeah. But it's really a, it's really a travesty that it never got an additional season or two. Um, yeah, agreed. Because it was so really other, good. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Other shows that have lasted way too long, and uh, Firefly should have gotten a second season, but. They were done pretty dirty by Fox, who aired the show out of sequence, which is what caused some of the low ratings, especially in the beginning, and then aired not the, not the season finale, but another episode as the series finale. So it just kind of it, it screwed over the whole the whole show. Well, I didn't even realize that. I, I didn't know any of that. Why, why did they do that? They had no faith in the show. Um, they had signed Joss Whedon on for a several show deal. And Buffy and Angel had done so well. And Firefly had been a passion project of his um, that he pretty much made the network make this show. And they only first greenlit the pilot, which was the first two-part episode. Um, and that was supposed to only be like a TV movie just to see how it would land. But it... it, it, it um. It tested fairly well, so they greenlit a 13-episode series, um, but then they aired the third episode, The Train Heist, as the very first episode. So you're kind of, with no backstory to these people, you're kind of just thrown into this show, and a lot of people were really turned off by that, and they didn't realize that that was like the third episode of the show. Uh, okay. Huh. That, God, that, it, that's just terrible. I mean... I don't even know what to say to that. I, <laughs> I know it's it's so frustrating. Yeah, you can imagine what I mean for I mean the the creators of the show and the people I mean doing all the work on the show must have thought um, just from that treatment alone. Right. I mean, they, I, they were heartbroken. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, so so that's what makes you you. I mean, we yes. we we know a little bit about you. Um, we're here to play. Somebody had to ask. And that is a segment where I ask a guest, and that's you tonight, uh, 20 questions, some dumb, some not so dumb. Most of them are dumb. I mean, <laughs> all in hopes of having a good time, getting to know you better, um, that sort of thing. Uh, and the only rule is you can't answer yes or no. I mean, these are not yes or no questions. You have to give an answer and elaborate on that answer. So you, you good with that? I'm good. Okay, and the only other thing that I always disclose is uh, you've never seen these questions, correct? That is that That's correct? correct? All right, okay. All right, so we'll get going in this because that's what we do. Awesome. Um, so with this pandemic self-isolation thing, um, we typically play a lot of board games a lot of times. Do you play a lot of board games? That's a yes or no question. <laughs> <laughs> yes okay so is there a board game that you when you play it you just completely dominate it when you play it Ooh. I would have to say and this is a throwback to a game that me and Becky would play when we were kids 
Parcheesi. Oh, Parcheesi. We got on such a kick of playing this game. And we would just look at each other, usually usually like right after dinner, and we'd be like, Parcheesi. And we would run to her room and go and play for like three or four hours. And I think I generally just kicked her ass at it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best when you're just like completely dominating someone and they just get so frustrated and they just like quit. Um, I do that a lot with... We both loved the game so much. It's like we would play until we were just exhausted and it was time to go to bed. Yeah, we do. I do that a lot with a Monopoly. I will uh, completely just obliterate the kid. Uh, we got a ten-year-old kid. Just completely obliterate him, and then he'll want to quit. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta learn them young sometimes. It's exactly. Like, you know teach, what? teach them. Not teach fair. them young. Teach them young. Life is not fair. You, exactly. if you turn around and you have kids one day. Then you could do the exact same thing to them. <laughs> exactly. So, all right, I'm going to pause one second because my cat is acting up. <laughs> he wants he wants out of this room. Like one second. Yeah, I have a big Maine Coon. And uh, and he he's about twenty pounds, and he that. he he wants in a room, he wants out of a room. He was just in here with me. He usually stays in here when I do this stuff, and then he just goes to the door and starts scratching, and he won't leave the door alone. He'll grab like get his paw underneath the door, and he'll just start shaking it. It'll get louder and louder and louder. <laughs> so might have to. He'll probably want in again here shortly. So oh I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get back on track here. Um, uh, you're, a, I'm, I'm assuming you're a big movie fan. Assuming. Yes. All right. Yes. So, is there a specific scene from a film that you saw when you were younger or older that has scarred you for life? Oh. Oh. You know what? Growing up. We weren't really allowed to watch scary movies, but this may not be a scary movie to most people, but the original Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, there's a scene where it's uh, Betty Davis's character was looking for her dog and her sister made the meatloaf that looked like the dog. And I just remember seeing that as a child and thought that she had actually cooked and killed this her sister's dog and that stuck with me i remember begging my mother please don't watch this movie it's so bad (laughs) and that stuck with me for so long oh no (laughs) i know that exact scene too oh my god (laughs) it's like she she drapes the leash over this meatloaf shaped like a dog and i was just like (gasps) oh no (laughs) Oh gosh! Yeah, I can see where I can see where that would be. <laughs> I was absolutely scarred by that. Yeah, that's uh, that that's that's a that's a good one. That's one that no one. <laughs> I've asked this question a couple of times. No one's brought that up. That's a good scene. Oh. I mean, that's a really good one. Uh, I've always 
I, I will always say something like um, uh, never ending story. I mean, it's a, it's a classic, mm. it's a classic scene that everybody seems to bring up a lot of times, but it's when Artax, the horse, he, he just completely gives up in the swamps oh of sadness. God. He just yes. completely gives up and he, and Atreya is just yelling at him to come on, no Artax, come on. And, and it that just wrecked me for life. Oh yeah, no. I mean that that's right up there, but I don't know that one in particular. It just really sticks with me <laughs> forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that now because <laughs> that's, that's, that's gonna weigh. That's gonna weigh. That's gonna is a great movie, and it it's gonna weigh in my mind now that I'm gonna have to go back and watch it now. Um, oh yeah. And hey, what better time? We're all we're a lot of us are working from home, stuck at home. So, hey, might so as well true. put it on sometime. We have the time now. Yeah, I have a lot of time, man. Oh. <laughs> it's like that Twilight Zone episode where he's like, I had time now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great episode, too. <laughs> I love that episode. Classic, yeah. Oh, man. Um, we all have random facts and trivia floating around in our head. I mean, I, at least I do. I mean, I'm sure everybody else does. <laughs> I just spit out stupid stuff left and right half the time. Um, so is there a fact that you have learned some point in life that you wish you didn't know? This might be right up your alley, but knowing that arsenic has the smell of, is it like a burnt almond smell, kind of turns me off of anything containing nuts. Oh, oh, oh you're, t- you're talking about cyanide? Cyanide, that's what it is. Yeah, cyanide. Yeah, that burnt almond smell. Yep. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really like um, Nutella. I'll eat it very sparingly. Uh, mixed nuts. Kind of stay away from the almonds. <laughs> <laughs> kind of turned me off to anything containing nuts. Yeah, and, and is what's the funny? Well, it's not necessarily funny, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's a certain genetic trait that allows for a person to be able to smell that odor, to detect that odor. And oh, I didn't know that. about twenty to forty or fifty percent of the population actually does not have that gene. So. Uh, close to I mean anywhere from 20 to 50 percent of the population can't detect cyanide <laughs> wow. it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a little dark when you think about it because some people they won't be able to tell when cyanide's coming to hit them but um and then the only way to tell is by smelling cyanide or smelling wow. the, the the odor but yeah it's a genetic trait and a good section of the population can't smell it I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a scary drug it's, or it's a scary substance. But hey, we're not. I, I'm not. I, I will talk all night long about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to do that. I'm not here to talk. That's so. <laughs> but that's I, in all honesty, that's like one of my favorite aspects about your show is talking about that stuff because I basically live on true crime podcasts. Like as morbid as it is, it's like quiz me about serial killers we can be here all night oh nice (laughs) (laughs) you and my wife would probably fit in well because she is a huge true crime murder show we were just joking earlier about her watching her murder programs and she'll she'll call them that as a joke 
but uh, <laughs> but she we were just joking around earlier about that, and she absolutely loves all that stuff, and so she'll watch a lot of those, and then she'll recommend them to me. Then I'll get to watch them, uh, but she finds out about them first. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I do the same thing with Steve. Every now and again, if we have like a chill night, he'll throw on Netflix and then be like. So which murder documentary haven't you seen yet? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, <laughs> we might have to wait till they add a new one. <laughs> Dude, that's that's like that's like her. That's like Amy. She'll she'll uh, she'll just like I've ran out of murder mystery documentary murder shows serial killer shows to watch, and it's amazing. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, so kind of. Sc- Switching gears a little bit. What is the most useful thing a parent has taught you as a child that has helped you as an adult? Um, I will say two things. One, my mom taught me at a very early age how to balance a budget. She wanted, because we're all four girls, and she wanted us from a young age to not need to rely on a partner to run a successful household so it was break up your money of like first you pay yourself so you put money in savings and Mm -hmm. then you pay your your main bills the ones that make sure that you have a roof over your head and you have lights on and you have food on the table and then you have your then you have a little bit of spending money but it was always to budget in that way secondly she taught us how to cook oh (laughs) great Well, that's awesome because there's going to be some questions coming up. So exciting. (laughs) So yeah, that's that's tremendous. So I I think that's a great a great tool to have. Obviously, from a young age, is be able to um, uh, balance a checkbook or financial stuff. I mean, figure that out early, and you are. I mean, Mm -hmm. you are pretty much set for. Um, and adulthood. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, not saying that I haven't had those questionable years where I got my very first credit card and ran into trouble, <laughs> because I think we all have to go through that phase. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it, it always stuck in the back of my mind is that this is how it should be, and now I'm in a much better place <laughs> to do that. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that's... Yeah, I, yeah you never know. I... The young kids or young young adults, I guess I should say, and and credit cards, some crazy things can happen. And yeah, I think we've I think we've all been there. Or at least yep. most of us have been there. <laughs> all right, food question for you. Um, are are you up to date on the hot dog being a sandwich or not being a sandwich debate? Um, I've been on the periphery of it, so I know that that debate exists, but I haven't like jumped into it okay well good because tonight you're going to jump into it um exciting and you're going to be on the record is a hot dog a sandwich no and why or why not (sighs) i mean i just never thought of it as a sandwich it's like yes it has all the like if you were to make a sandwich, it has the same components of the meat, your condiments, two pieces of bread. But I don't know. 
I just don't know why. It's not. <laughs> and I just feel very strongly about it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, it's a slippery slope of a slippery slope of sandwich uh, definitions here because, I mean, if you call a hot dog a sandwich, I mean, is a taco a sandwich? That's true. And a, to I mean, me, a taco is not a sandwich. A taco yeah, is its only is its own brand of food delivery. Yeah, a taco is definitely not a sandwich to me. Um, and you look at it, I mean, how a hot dog is constructed. And you have the hot dog bun, and you have a hot dog in it. But the way it's sitting in that hot dog bun and the the, uh, the bread around it, it, it's a hinged bun. It's not a sandwich that has meat between two slices. And so, yeah, I, I'm, in a, I'm in the camp that a hot dog is not a sandwich as well um uh but you had me it's a it's a if you if you get on the internet and search that there's a violent debate out there well, here. <laughs> there's a violent debate about everything on the internet though let's be honest yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true yeah it's a uh, it, it, and don't even um it, it's yeah don't don't search and don't read comments on things we were just going through oh. that here with 100%. reading comments on some of these stories about the virus and stuff. And yeah, don't ever read the comments. No, yeah, that's rule number one of joining the internet. Don't read the comments. <laughs> I even think that was that was a part of, uh, did you see the second Wreck-It Ralph movie? No, not yet. Oh, uh, that's even a, 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 a actual scene in the second Wreck-It Ralph is don't read the comments, never read the comments. <laughs> Well, like we said earlier, we have time, so I'm going to put that on the list of stuff to watch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like I like that movie. So I only finally um, just saw Frozen two, and I loved it. Oh, Frozen two was excellent. I actually liked it better than the first one. Agreed. All right, like so the... oh, go ahead. No, no, no I just I like the character development. I like the spacing of the songs. I like yeah. there's a whole song about like the main male character exploring his feelings. Yes, just like a power ballad. So that is exactly mad right. At that? I love that part of it. Power ballad. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. So we we talked about hot dog being as being not being a sandwich. Um, we're gonna skip the French fries now. I always, I mean, every single time I've done this, I've asked the same question: What is your favorite French fry condiment? Oh. Steve will have my head for this, but <laughs> I like I like dipping French fries in mayo. That's delicious. Oh yeah. He is one hundred percent team ketchup, but oh no, dipping it in mayo. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love my ketchup as well, but a hot, thick cut French fry dipped in mayo or a little garlic aioli, yes. That I because uh, I am uh, completely on board with that answer because mayo is the king condiment for me. Yes, that, it, it's so good. I mean, so so good. And people, I mean, that's one of mayo is one of those condiments that people they either yeah, love or they hate. It. I mean, they either love it or they hate it. I mean, I don't. That is very true. There is kind of no in between when it comes to mayo, but. And ketchup, I'm not a fan of ketchup. Never have been, never probably will be. But yeah, mayo's the way to go, I think. Um, 
I was just eating French fries earlier with mayo on them. Put a I put a little pepper in the mayo, Ooh. and and dip my fries in them, and it's tasty. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Like, I'm going to go order some fresh fries. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we've gotten French fries. So now we're in ice cream. Favorite ice cream flavor and your worst, the worst ice cream flavor ever to exist. This may also be controversial. Uh, My favorite is mint chocolate chip. You know, know, before you say anything else, I'm like completely on board with you here. On a lot of these. Yay! Yes, because mint chocolate chip is the fucking best. Yes, but not the flavor. green one. The Briars, like the white one. The white one, the yes. Briars. Yes. So good. I, I, I am 100% with you. Yay! <laughs> 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 All right, so then what's the worst then? Coffee. Coffee ice cream. Ooh. I hate coffee flavored anything. I love my coffee, but coffee flavored candy, coffee ice cream, I hate it. That yeah, I don't drink coffee. I mean, I love coffee smells, like mm-hmm. candles and um, all of that sort of thing. Got a got a, a, a coffee uh, based face mask and body mask. From Lush in in the in the bathroom right now. It's awesome. Love that stuff. And but I cannot drink coffee. So I would be yeah. if I didn't even know they made coffee flavored ice cream. They do. <laughs> they make coffee ice cream, and I just dislike it immensely. It's like why I don't even know why you would want coffee flavored ice cream. Just drink exactly. coffee. Exactly. Just drink coffee. And, and then, coffee's and- amazing. <laughs> And then if you don't want it, I mean, people are going to say, well, it's cold. I want it cold. It's frozen. Well, we they get do ice make, coffee. They make iced coffee. They make frappuccinos. They make all these other things. It's all cold. I mean, do it that way. Don't don't kind of bastardize ice cream and introduce coffee into it. Yes. Yeah, not good. I, I am not a fan. I That that kind of ruined my night now that I know they made coffee. Oh. Ice cream. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really, but <laughs> All right. So, what is on the walls of the room you are in right now? Oh. Um, actually, we have not hung anything up in this room yet. <laughs> ah. Blank walls. Um, blank walls, but we do have things resting against them. I have a uh I have a batleth that I kind of inherited from my dad. Um, uh, Millennium Falcon painting. Nice. And two lightsabers that need to be hung on the walls. And where did you get those lightsabers at? The lightsabers are Steve's. Those he got, I think, for Christmas or birthday gifts, maybe. And what I'll color? Have to ask are him they? again. One is blue and one is red. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we. I just uh, um, actually. Got the the mount and whatever to hang one in in the kids' room um, because we went to uh, we got one from Disney um, earlier this year and um, built one of those in their little in the Galaxy's Edge and he wants to hang it up so yeah he made a green one so awesome yeah he's he really loves it. and it's really nice and 
I would like to to get like five or six more and hang them up all over the place. <laughs> oh, agreed. Like you can't have enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I. So knowing that, what would the walls of a teenage Janine look like in the bedroom? Uh, they would be covered with Nirvana posters or Pearl okay. Jam. Right when I was hitting puberty around 13 or 14 is when alternative music really hit its stride coming out of Seattle. And I was all about it. I wore the flannel. I had the long stringy hair, um, the, the jeans with the rips in them and the wallet chain. Oh, I was a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was queen of the grunge people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so were you? Uh, were you a fan of every? And this is kind of off topic. No, I mean not a question, but um, were you a fan of all kind of like grunge era alt bands, or where did you have a favorite? I mean, was it Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains? Um, uh, Soundgarden was probably my favorite. Like Black Hole Sun, to this day, is like my anthem like tattoo the lyrics on my body somewhere please nice it's just it's epic it's an epic song and uh pearl jam was definitely like my my second favorite just because eddie better is so hot <laughs> <laughs> if i'm gonna be completely honest <laughs> hey no hey he's, he's a good looking guy i mean he's a <laughs> he's a good looking guy he's obviously very talented guy oh yeah. um, I'm not the biggest Pearl Jam fan, but I, have you listened to their new album they just put out? I have not. Oh, it's it's really it's it's good. I mean, it's got their first single that they released. Um, uh, actually, kind of sounded a bit different. Um, it sounded like a little Talking Heads esque back oh, in wow. the day. Um, but then their second single was kind of a little bit what they have done in the past. Um, but it's it's a pretty good album. I, I enjoyed it from front to back. So yeah, definitely check that out oh, if you can. Yeah, yeah, I it's a. I think it's called Gigaton or Gigaton. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a good album. I, I highly recommend that. I'm gonna write that down because I'm old and I forget stuff. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm old too. I feeling older and older every day. Dude, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and this and this isolation stuff isn't helping. I mean, it's, it's not helping. Making it worse. Exactly. Walk. Like. <laughs> so are you guys? So where you are? So can you go for a walk, or can are you basically are you stuck inside? I mean, you can go for a walk. Like, like I go to some of the local stores to pick up milk and eggs and stuff. Um, and you can walk around the block. And up until today. Some of the local parks were still open, but the order just came down that they're going to close the parks because people have not been practicing the social distancing in the parks. Yes. So that's gone now, too. And the parks are so funny because they're, like, right on the water. Um, But, yeah, so we we just lost that today. Ah, yeah, that's – yeah, we could – I mean, I've spent – a good chunk of this afternoon and yesterday afternoon and evening outside working in the yard, uh, doing, trying to set up a garden and stuff again. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, that's the only thing that's saving me from going crazy is actually being able to go outside. Oh yes. All right. So where we are, we have like a little porch in the front of the house with some Mm -hmm. chairs on it. 
And so sometimes, even when it's just a little bit rainy, it's like, at least it's covered. And I'll just go sit outside for just 20 minutes. And it's like, I just need some, I just need to breathe air without walls around me. Yes. I mean, it makes a world of difference. I mean, I mean, really? get out and feel the sunshine and the wind and mm-hmm. just be outside for even just a few minutes. And it, yeah. it does wonders. It, it really does. Helps. All right. So we were just talking about music. Um, if, and this is kind of a weird question. Um, if you could explode, blow up one musical artist off the face of the earth, boom, they no longer exist. They've never existed. They no longer exist. You will never have to hear their music again. Who would you pick and why? Wow. <laughs> it makes you th- it makes you think a lot. I mean, I have my go-to answers, but but uh I yeah, it makes you think a bit. Um honestly, this is probably going to be a very mainstream answer, but Justin Bieber. I don't think he's added anything to the cultural zeitgeist of music. He's not innovative like 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 my second answer would probably be Kanye West, but at least he's innovative and he's contributed something I think to music in general. But I just really don't think that Justin Bieber has or will, in all honesty. So yeah, he can go. <laughs> <laughs> I I I agree. I I like that. I my my go to answers are always Maroon Five, Adam Levine. I am an Adam Levine hater. <laughs> I don't like that guy. I don't know. I mean, other out, outside of him, and most of these, my answers are because they can't sing very well, in my opinion. Um, we can't yeah, sing live. We really can't sing live. Yeah, live. Um, and then um, who else would there be? Adam Levine, Maroon 5. And then, unfortunately, a lot of people still love him, but Red Hot Chili Peppers. Really? I, I cannot, cannot stand Anthony Kiedis' voice and the way he sings. Cannot stand oh. it. Those would be my choices. Um, screw the Nickelbacks and the and whatever. I mean, I, I've never understood why people hate Nickelback. They're a generic rock band, sure. Exactly. But, I mean, some of their lyrics are kind of cringy if you look at them. I mean, he's he's oh, singing about he's singing about. I mean, a lot of stupid stuff. And I mean, but it, it they're a generic rock band. They've sold a lot of records, but um, they they're they're actually a pretty good live performing band too um and i was actually set to see him this this summer and i'm still hoping i can if this if this pandemic kind of goes away (laughs) but either way either way i like i like the choice of justin bieber because he really hasn't kind of added anything to it i mean he's a pop artist i mean his biggest song wasn't even his song no, I don't think like what Despacito wasn't yeah, even that's, wasn't that's even his song. Yankee, no, yeah. So yeah, he can, he can go away. He can be exploded can go. and go. Yeah. He... All right. So, in your opinion, what is the best comic book film movie ever made? Not just MCU, not just DC. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know how many people would actually pick a DC movie to be the best one to be made, but. Um, uh, <laughs> But either way, what is the 
best comic book film that you think to ever be made? Um, well, I am an MCU whore. Um, I'm going to have to say Watchmen. Oh, nice. I love how Zack Snyder made that movie. It was like, because I read the book, I read the graphic novel first and then went to go see it when it was coming out. And it was like how I imagined these panels of this graphic novel coming to life in my head as I was reading them was on the screen. And just how stayed so faithful to the source material and just the way it was shot, the way it's done. I love everything about that. I could watch it on repeat all day long. I think that's probably my favorite comic book movie. That is a really good choice. I, that Watchmen, I mean, it's shot by shot. I mean, some of those shots are exactly what those panels are exact on. Um, and I, I think Zack Snyder gets a lot of crap for, I mean, he obviously did some dumb things and, and I mean, obviously with, um, the whole Batman v Superman stuff. I mean, I think that's, I still will say that's a decent movie. It's just so much is crammed into that movie. It yeah, should have been I, three movies. It should have been. And I will say, unfortunately, the best part about Batman v Superman is Wonder Woman. And I mean, and how long have we waited to see Batman and Superman fight on screen? And it lasts all of five minutes and it ends because their moms have the same. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, even I mean, you talk about the Snyder I and mean, going back to what Dawn of the Dead, his Dawn of the Dead remake, which I thought was tremendous mm-hmm. I mean, 300. Then he followed that up with Watchmen masterpiece. Yeah, I followed that up with Watchmen. Um, a lot of people don't like Sucker Punch, but I like Sucker Punch. I enjoy Sucker Punch. Uh, he did, of course, Man of Steel. Um, and I'm a huge Man of Steel um, supporter. I I think that is a perfect movie, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I think he gets a bad rap. And Watchmen is a tremendous choice to be the best comic book film ever made. I love it so much. Now, kind of on a on a kind of a side note, um, you said you were an MCU whore. Now I'm I'm only reiterating what you said. Yes, <laughs> you have my permission. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I what is your favorite MCU movie? Uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. That I mean that that seemed I mean it's a lot of people's favorite movie and it it's my favorite one. Um, I love it. I, um, it's a spy and, movie and I love spy movies. It's a conspiracy movie. It's, um, you know, it's not just this. I mean, there is a whole like you know saving the world aspect of it, but that's not the main part of this. It's like the Manchurian Candidate meets um, Tom Clancy. It's and you're, and you're throwing in superheroes, too? Like, yes, please, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's a tremendous film, and it's the one I watch probably most. I rewatch, watch, rewatch, watch. I mean, just revisit it all the time. Um, because, I mean, from the, the opening bits to, I mean, storming that, that, um, that vessel, 
Um, and I mean, it, it's an amazing film, I think. I, and I, I'm right there with you with it being, the, in, in my opinion, the best, uh, your favorite, my favorite uh, film of the MCU. Is there is there a comic uh, MCU film that you're looking forward to? Upcoming? Um, honestly, I felt very spent after Endgame. And so, like, I know that Black Widow's coming up, but I feel very, like, I feel a little whelmed by it just because, like, I know that, like, you know, spoilers, her character dies in Endgame, so there's kind of no... There's no risk factor for her in this movie. Like, any if, if she's put in peril in this movie, it's not really going to be, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Because, like she dies later like we know that she survives at least the end game so i'm a little whelmed by it i i think i'm probably most excited for like black panther 2 yeah that's i i am looking forward to the next doctor strange movie whenever that comes yeah but i I was a little whelmed by the first one i think i like some of the smaller characters as more of like ensemble pieces Mm-hmm. Like, um, I prefer like Ant-Man in Civil War is my favorite Ant-Man and <laughs> Doctor Strange in, um, um, not Endgame, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. It's probably like, I love Doctor Strange in that. Yeah. But in I, their own movies, it's a little, meh, I can take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can see, I mean, I can see that from, from that. I've just, I, I, I'm looking forward to what Doctor Strange two, and then there's um, and the, some of the upcoming movies I don't know much about. I mean, I don't know much about um, was it the Eternals movie coming? Oh yeah, like I, know I don't nothing about that. I know nothing about them. I I know very little about Shang Chi mm-hmm. and the Legend. Was it the Legend of the Ten Rings or whatever? I mean, I know very little about that. Um, so yeah, I I can't I can't wait though. Unfortunately, with this stuff going on now, everything's being pushed back. Yeah, um, everything's on hold. Yeah, and I was it, it where I was really hoping Black Widow would come out this summer, but yeah, with it being pushed back, I kind of yeah, just kind of like oh man, we have to wait now even a few more months to to see something we like you said that we already know the ending. I mean, yeah. of her overall journey. Um, I mean, she's going to die. Right. But, I mean, eventually. But so, I mean, she's got to stay living throughout this film. Exactly. Um, so, there, yeah, so, there's no risk for her. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So now we're on the since we're on the subject of films and movies, um, what in, is your favorite or in your opinion, the best TV, cartoon, movie theme song to ever be written, produced, made? Wow. Hmm. I think just because I'm wearing the shirt of that show, I definitely have to go with Golden Girls. I mean, thank you for being uh, a friend is absolutely iconic. Well, and it's, it's just... And it's so happy i mean it's so full of joy i mean it everybody needs to listen to that it's i mean it i mean you need to listen people need to listen to that on repeat and it's it's such a tremendous song and it's back when shows actually had theme songs with lyrics and they were actual songs 
before they were theme songs. Exactly. Like the Friends song, like, that's probably a close second just because I do love the show Friends. But Golden Girls, it's iconic. It, it is. It is. Um, so if, if that's a TV show, do you have a, I mean, if you separate it out into cartoon themes, do you have a favorite cartoon theme song? Um, the theme song to Attack on Titan. Oh, I could listen to that on repeat. I listen to that when I'm like trying to gear myself up to get on the treadmill. It is like (laughs) pump you the fuck up. I can't understand a word they're saying, but I am all for it and I am ready to fight the Titan. (laughs) (laughs) That that's a good one, because I, I honestly haven't thought about that one for a while. And that's that is really a good song. I just saw that they have it on Hulu because I'm revisiting some old shows. Um, like I just, I just started rewatching the X Files, but they have the the um, the sub version of the Attack on Titans on on Hulu. Really, I'm I'm going there right now. I am, and I am, I am going to, and I am going to add that to my list here because I have not seen that for for a bit. All right, it's added to my list right now. Yes. <laughs> Give me more to watch. <laughs> uh, oh, what was the other one that I liked? Um, uh, we'll have to come back to it because I got to think about it with the other show that it, that's a really good anime. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so. Oh, sorry, oh, Kill ahead. La Kill. Kill La Kill. Kill La Kill? Kill I, La Kill. I don't know that. It's so good. And it's it's it it's anime. A, yeah, it's anime. I okay, don't know. Yeah, if I don't know. What, I haven't gone looking for it. Let me see here, because I don't know really any anime. Um, Kill La Kill. Yeah, that might be more of like a Crunchyroll or. Ah. Uh, for some reason, I'm thinking. Let's see. I'm gonna look here. It's actually. On Netflix, there's one yeah, one season of it on Netflix. Yeah, I think I've only seen the one season. That might be the only season that exists. Yeah, I there's don't twenty know doing twenty four episodes, one season on Netflix, but it's there. I very huh. much enjoyed that one. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to put together a list of anime, and, and I just haven't. Haven't gotten into it, but I've got a list of things that I that I can watch. And once I get done with some of this other stuff and some of these murder shows that I need to watch, <laughs> things, then then I I will get on those because I mean there are so many people that recommend so many yeah. different ones, and there are so many. There are. And it's kind of like where do you start? Exactly, it's very overwhelming, but. Like for me personally, my gateway one was probably Attack on Titan, which is a very heavy one to jump into. But mm-hmm. um, but I think if you find just something that's an anime, but that also sort of borders on a genre that you already like, I think that'll be a nice way to ease in. Okay, well that's good. That's a good way to do it. It's a good thing to know. Um, so before this virus wreaked havoc upon the world. I mean, because that's what it's done. What's the last film you actually saw in the theater? Because I'm missing theaters. Oh, me too. Um, it was probably Star Wars um, 
the Rise of Skywalker. That was probably right. my last movie. What I'm going to get your opinion on that movie too, because obviously oh, there's a lot of people that don't like it, and there's a lot of people that love it. Where where did you fall on that perspective? That that kind of sliding scale. Did you like it? Um, did you not like it? Did you hate it? Did you love it? I don't hate it, but I I don't like how that's how the the Skywalker saga ended especially because I grew up with the original trilogy, like watching it on VHS over and over until I warped the tapes. <laughs> um, like for me, the Skywalkers are like my royal family. Um, and so a lot of people can say that The Force Awakens was fan service. And I had this discussion with one of my sisters the other day, but that was fan service that was lovingly spoon fed to us. And I feel like the fan service in The Rise of Skywalker was flung at our faces and be like, here, eat it. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm right there with you in this one, too, because I, 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 I saw it three times in the theater and I fell asleep two times in the theater oh. at the very beginning. Um, and I just thought I the very beginning was so hectic and pacing and and everything just throwing things around and uh going here going there i mean i i, I just found some of it kind of boring um but yeah. i've rewatched it now a couple of times at home and i mean it's kind of grown on me but it, it's it's one i mean i'm not sure if that's the best way to describe a film and you want a film to grow on you i mean it's right. it's it, i just coming off the last jedi I thought things were going to go a little differently than what it did. And then all then rise of Skywalker happened. And I mean, I will still watch it, but it's definitely not in my top four or five star Wars films. Yeah. No, for me, I I feel a bit like the prequels about the rise of Skywalker in that I know it's there and I will eventually rewatch it, but I'm not going to pick that one first. Yeah. That's that's a good way to look at it. Um, if you could recommend one film or TV show, and we, we kind of just talked about anime, but something outside of that, if you could recommend one film or TV show that you personally think is underrated, what would you suggest we all watch? Especially during our isolation at home time. Um, actually, this is another show that I just started rewatching. It's a sitcom, and it's called Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23. And it had Catherine Ritter before she was uh, Jessica Jones. And she is like this (laughs) alcoholic, pill-popping narcissist (laughs) who is just an, um, an amazing and so funny. And the show lasted like literally just two and a half seasons. Plus it has James Vanderbeek playing a super asshole version of himself. (laughs) <laughs> it's oh, he, so, he plays himself? Yes, and it's so <laughs> irreverent, and it's so light, and it's so fun. And when that show first came on, I think it started around the same time that New Girl started, and this show was just not given the love that it deserved, and it should be more iconic, and it's not. Hmm. I would yeah, highly I've, recommend people rewatch that. I have never heard of that, and I will, I will watch some of it, because... I am always down for James Vanderbeek acting like yeah. an asshole. Oh, whether it's whether it's him acting like an asshole or not acting like an asshole, I think he, I like the guy. So I love 
James Vanderbeek. The beak is on the creek. Like <laughs> Dawson's Creek. It was like <laughs> those were my CW shows growing up. Rushing home to watch that one at ten o'clock at night and just uh, <laughs> and then, Casey. It makes me think of uh, I was the other day. I just happened to uh, I saw One Tree Hill was on one time, and uh-huh. I don't know if you ever watched that one, but. I put a I put a couple of episodes on that, and I I liked the very first season of that because it was more basketball centric, mm. and uh, it slowly obviously made it way made its way out of that. But um, yeah. I I enjoyed that, and I, I just when you talk about Dawson's Creek, I just I, I, like my mind automatically goes to those sort of shows in that time period, and. Yeah, I enjoyed a lot of those shows during that time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I never really got into One Tree Hill, but a lot of those CW shows all suffered from the same thing, is that seasons one through three were always really good because they had the same writers. But then around season three, the writers' contracts would end, and they would clear the writers' room and bring in a whole new batch, and then it turned into teen angst after season three. Um, oh. I feel like all shows on the CW suffered from that. Yeah, I well, I'm trying to think of what else I had watched at that time. I can't even remember now. I mean, the only other show I remember watching around that time was um, like Smallville. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, Supernatural. I don't even know when that started. That's been on. That's been on the air forever. That's been on. Yeah, been on the air forever. <laughs> like season 400 now right (laughs) (laughs) all right so you're given a banner a sign a banner and you're told you can write anything on it and you can place it wherever the hell you want to put it there are no limits what would you put on that banner and where would you put it oh this may be controversial because i'm gonna get a little feminist here yeah, that is fine. That's perfect. Um, I would hang this from probably the fence on the White House and just okay. say that birth control is healthcare. I like and that. That's that's it because I can tell you right now that my birth control is not always covered by my insurance, and I have to shell out forty five dollars for three months supply, which isn't terrible because I know people pay more. Um, but it should be covered as part of healthcare because it is, it is preventative. If we're honest, <laughs> well, in truth, that is true. That is true. It's there preventative is, medicine. There is absolutely no reason for it not to be covered. Yeah, absolutely no reason. And I that it, it just boggles my mind that stuff like that is not. Oh yeah, it it really bothers me that like. Um, that Viagra will be covered, but birth control won't. So it's like, how come men's boners are more important than my than my health? Because I also use it to regulate my cycle mm-hmm. and to help prevent having super terrible symptoms. So how mm-hmm. come that part of healthcare is more important than my quality of life healthcare? And I think we all know the reason why they why it's that way. Yes, we know. <laughs> you got these old white dudes in power, and I'm right yep. there with you. I mean, it's the people making the decisions that, just for whatever reason, eventually they will die off. Eventually. Eventually. And hopefully, 
<laughs> hopefully it will be replaced by people who are more representative of the actual population and we not can, 95% old white dudes. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I like that answer a lot because it is healthcare and there is no reason for it not to be considered anything else but healthcare. Exactly. All right, so you're given a time machine. We're now in time travel. We've we've got time travel. We're now, um, you're given a time machine. Don't even have to pay for it. You can travel both forward and backward in time. Do you go forward or backward? And whichever way you go, what year do you go to? I'm probably going backward. Okay. Because I am, and I'm probably going to like, medieval times because i love fantasy from that time period <laughs> and i want to be a badass bitch wearing armor and wielding a sword nice <laughs> but yeah i'm definitely going back in time great yeah I, I i i don't even like me personally i don't want to know what the future is whatever it is it's gonna be me neither i just want to exactly. see what was I just want to see what was. Definitely don't um, do any sort of uh, of time travel and sports almanacs and those sort of things. Don't want to do that. Damn it. Um, <laughs> no game. No gaming. Anything like that. No trying to figure out what's going to happen. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I would definitely go back in time. I think that would yeah. be neat. We need to get on that. Science needs to get on that. We, we need to figure need- out. I'm travel. Tony Stark figured it out in an evening. Like, yeah, I mean, he was having juice pops with his kid. I mean, yeah, he figured I, out over juice pops. <laughs> <laughs> if, Get if, on if it, Tony, scientists. If, if Tony can do that, <laughs> you have hundreds and thousands of other people trying to figure this stuff out. Let's let's get at it. We need to get at this. Exactly. All right. So back to music. Okay. Do you have a favorite '90s jam? Ooh, hold on. It's going to be Ace of Base. Awesome. That is my jam. <laughs> I am 100% for Ace of Base. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, that, no, that's a good pick because it, it, it's that is a jam. That is a jam. And it was all over the place back then. It was. It and was everywhere. It, and um, there is an Ace of Base song that I still think is is my favorite. Um, it's not the sign, but it's um, it's called uh, a Beautiful Life. <gasps> that's a great one. It was I think it was mid nineties, it was like ninety five, ninety six. When I, I don't know what album it actually even was, but um, that is my favorite Ace of Base song. That's a good and one too, though. I I will still maintain though that my favorite nineties jam is. Black Street's No Diggity. Oh, how could I forget that song? <laughs> oh, my God. I, like, hum that all the time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I used to just say No Diggity if something wasn't, if something, like, like instead of saying No Problem, I'd just be like, yo, No Diggity. Like, <laughs> how could I forget that song? <laughs> Ain't nothing going on but the rant, no doubt. Oh, how could I forget that song? 
it's such a great one but yeah no i i am i am a huge i i like that ace of bass i that is every single time that comes on the radio and when i'm in the car it, it's getting sung really loud oh yeah <laughs> so we we all have a favorite sound at least i know i do um one of one of mine favorite sounds is the sound of like hair clippers when I'm getting my hair cut and getting my hair like head like fade shaved. Um, I, I there's something relaxing, something soothing about it, and I, I a lot of times I'll fall asleep while getting my hair cut because it's just so wow. damn soothing and relaxing. So is there a sound that you like so much? It's it's your favorite sound. What is that? Walking on gravel. Oh. That reminds me of every summer we would take a family vacation to visit um, our aunt who lived in Delaware. And she had this long driveway that went up to her, her place and it was like mostly rock and gravel. And just that sound of like when you first step out of the car and you're walking on the gravel, it's like I know that two weeks is going to start and we're not going to have any responsibilities. There's no homework. We get to see our Aunt Fran. And it was like the best two weeks of our summer growing up. And I <laughs> I love that sound of walking on gravel. That, that is a distinctive sound. Yeah, I can just hear it right now. Oh. It's crunching in my head right now. It's, it's a perfect. great It's a great sound. All right, so what is the strangest gift you have ever received from someone? Hmm. That is a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's I will touch on this briefly, is that I did not grow up celebrating holidays or birthdays. So okay. we, didn't really, we didn't get a lot of gifts. Um Probably the weirdest gift, because I do celebrate holidays now, um, is last year or two years ago for Christmas, um, Steve's mom gave me a like uh, a cutting board that is basically like a live, laugh, love <laughs> on a cutting board. Uh... <laughs> and I, I think I kind of love it because it's kitschy <laughs> and, like, you know, I'll hang it up somewhere in the kitchen. And um, but that's probably, yeah. That's probably one of the weirder ones. I like that. That's yeah, I've never seen that on a cutting board. Yeah, you see, I, I see it everywhere else, but not a cutting board. Yeah, no, like I don't want to be a Karen with that on the wall or something. <laughs> I apologize to all the Karens listening Karens. who are not like that. But now, <laughs> I, uh, I actually asked this question because I mean, Karen was a. Uh, 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 trending on Twitter, I think yesterday, day before, and I actually asked a question on Twitter. Um, what? What's the male version of Karen? Was it like Dave, Chad, Blake? I mean, <laughs> what 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 is the male version of Karen? Or is it just Karen? Is it kind of like Thor is king of Asgard? There there is no there. I mean, Thor is or I mean, is king. Is is it kind of? It doesn't matter. I mean. Is it as everyone referred to as Karen, or is there an actual Chad or Todd? Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say or Bob. Kevin. I don't know. I'm gonna say Bob. Bob, because it's like 
I feel like Bob is like something that an older guy is called. Like maybe he was Robert, but now he just goes by Bob. And he's the kind of guy who's going to complain to customer service because he can't get the rain check on the thing that he wants. And it's like, calm down, Bob, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like Bob and Karen are going to be like on the same level. Bob and Karen. That's... That that's a good one. I I I Brad, Bob. I mean, what I'm trying to think of what other people had said. Bruce, Chad was a, a popular one. Chad is um, Chad is up there. But I've never uh, met a real life Chad. I've known a couple Chads. A couple of them were cool, and some of them were not so cool. But either <laughs> way, either way, Karen's the perfect the perfect one. Oh yeah. Uh, what is one thing that made your day better or that makes your day better? I'm going to get squishy. Um, well, every morning Steve leaves earlier than I do for work and he leaves the Keurig set up for me. So the mug is in the, the mug is right under the, the thing. The K cup is sitting in the holder and there's a spoon in the cup and my little packet of Splenda right underneath so that really all I have to do is just, you know, push it down and my coffee will start brewing for me. And that's every morning. And that just that just starts my day off on a good note. Nice. That, that's, very, that's very good. I like that. <laughs> that's, a, no, that's, a, that's a good one. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's just the little things that make your day better. Yeah, I mean, and it's so cute. You know, it lets me know that he's thinking about me for before yeah. he leaves for work and makes me feel all warm and squishy inside. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final question that we have for tonight. Dun, dun, this is this is not going to make you warm and squishy inside. Oh, okay. For most people, it's not, it doesn't. I, maybe, I guess it could. What is your favorite curse word? <sighs> mm. Probably fuck like that. I feel like that's what a lot of people <laughs> say. But generic like, it's fuck. A, yeah, it's an action. It's a description. It's a. It's a. You know, you can say what the fuck or what's that fucking thing or <laughs> or get the <laughs> fuck out of the street. You know. You can it's call someone a useless a useless fuck. I yeah. mean, people are a useless fuck. They're a stupid motherfucker. It's it's an all-purpose word. I the love noun, it. verb, adjective. Exactly. Probably could use it as an, an adverb. Um, probably. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's a, it's a very very general word that you can use all sorts of ways. It's very, it's a it's a it's in my it's a perfect word. It is. It really is. And it should be used more. It should. And I've never understood the the fascination with it being a bad word. I've never understood a lot of the bad words, but sure. I mean, yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I I'm still a fan of ass clown, oh, ass hat, tool bag. I like ass hat. I like douche yeah. canoe too, actually. Douche canoe is is a really nice pairing of words. <laughs> then you say. Fucking douche canoe is even Yay, better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, so yeah. So that that was the twenty questions. I mean that oh, that, that actually flew by. I mean that it flew did. by Holy pretty crap. quickly. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you and getting to know you. That was so because we have never talked before. I mean, no. in real life. I mean, uh, so do you have anything on social media where people could find you? Do you want people to find you? Do you? I mean, I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram. I am purple underscore thunder zero one one four. Um, that's also my username on TikTok. Um, oh. If you guys want to follow me there too. Um, do you do you do a lot of things on TikTok? Uh, not really. I kind of started with um, I kind of started with just um doing like just daily updates of what's my working from home, how's my mental health. What are little things to, you know, kind of keep a normal routine going so that you don't just sit in pajamas all day, which is what <laughs> I would love to do. But it's like, you know, still get up, make the bed, um, brush your hair, put on real clothes, um, you know, take, take a regular shower. It's, mm-hmm. You know, I started off with that. Um, I've kind of delved recently into doing just a few funny duets. Um I was kind of doing a whole series on like what defines a cult, um, which I'm almost done with because I was working off the bite model. Um, ah. So I'm working on that right now and I'm almost done with that series. And um, yeah, I'm trying to do some more fun stuff. It's just something to kind of break up the day and improve my mental health. Cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. I, I, I like watching TikToks. I would probably <laughs> never do anything, but <laughs> You never know what's going to happen yeah, with this with this true. isolation stuff. I, mean. I know. I mean, it took it took us being quarantined for me to make my first TikTok because I was probably watching TikToks for about three months before I before I did anything. <laughs> yeah, I've started watching them. I've probably watched them for like the last month or so, and I I it I, it looks kind of fun. So it you never know. Be. It really can be. <laughs> you never know. All right, but awesome, yeah. I I appreciate you coming on and chatting me, chatting with me. Um, had a lot of fun, um, and I, I thank you so much for coming on. I really do. It's it's always a pleasure to talk to people that you've never talked to before, and to learn a little bit about them um, through, I mean, kind of roundabout ways of i mean mm-hmm. things of not pointed questions as in okay where'd you grow up what where did you do this and that and that and right. where'd you go to school and did you play sports in high school and did you do this in college or did you go to college and yeah so it, it's a lot of fun to again learn about people in different ways oh yeah i mean plus then you know, you like you know, you're a very good interviewer, so like you allow me to like really elaborate and go a little off the rails. <laughs> um, <laughs> so people probably know a lot more about me than they want to know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, again, I appreciate you coming on and uh I'll catch you later. We'll definitely we'll definitely talk again on here late at another time. Um yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, definitely. So again, thank you very much. I uh, had a lot of fun. Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. And that's the bottom line. Why? Because those Stone Cold said so. Thank you very much, you son of a bitch. All right. That was 
the new episode of Nobody Asked You Kevin. That was episode 48 of the show. Um, I will be back on a regular schedule now. There is no messing around. There is no missing months anymore. I am back on a regular schedule. And I'm cooking up some good stuff for you in the future. If you do want to get a hold of me, you can reach me on Twitter. At Forensic Talks Guy is my verified Twitter account. The show's Twitter account is at Asked Kevin, A-S-K-E-D, Kevin, K-E-V-I-N, all one word. If you want to email the show, it's nobodyaskedyoukevin at gmail.com. If you want to look us up on Facebook, if you want to give us a like on Facebook, search out Nobody Asked You Kevin on Facebook. You'll find the page. Give it a like. I occasionally post there. And if you want to check out my blog, which I'm getting started again, um, it's Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast.blogspot.com. You will find where I'm posting a lot of information there on a blog. And after that, I mean, that's all I got this episode. So I'll be back, like I said, with episode 49 shortly after this. Uh, stay tuned. I've got some music stuff coming up. I've got some movie stuff coming up. I've got some interviews coming up. Um, so hopefully you'll stick around and enjoy those episodes. But until next time, my friends, peace, much love. I'm out. <laughs>